0: Welcome to the Veterinary Innovation Project podcast with your hosts Katie Ford and Rue Clements. We are all about the people behind the projects and this season we are so excited to be focusing on high-performing teams. We would
1: just like to take this opportunity to say a massive thank you to our sponsors Boeing and Ingelheim who are not only supporting this podcast but also the Vet-Led Veterinary Human Factors Conference. <laughs>
0: Today, we're looking forward to being joined by Kat Arden who is a member of the VETLED team as is Rue. So whilst we've already put you on the spot and asked you to interview your husband and then we asked you to interview a university classmate I feel like we're really testing Rue here and now we've asked you to interview one of your team members who is well-placed to talk about high-performing teams being a part of VETLED. So how are you feeling about this Roo? Uh,
1: just really
0: excited to uh showcase is an interesting word but I feel like often people don't see
1: um, as much of Kat as um, I wish they would because um, she's just so incredibly inspiring and so knowledgeable but I love how she brings together her clinical expertise with her learnings around human factors and her just the joy she gets with working with people and I see that on a day-to-day basis and how great she is at um, collaborating, problem solving and um, energizing people so I'm just really excited to to hear from her but also that everyone else gets to hear from her because I get inspired
0: by her on a daily basis oh and having briefly worked with Kat on both of the conferences as well I can definitely say one of the first words that comes to mind is enthusiasm and she's just a joy to work with so I'm really looking forward to us hearing a little bit more from Kat in this episode Mm -hmm. Kat Alden is veterinary surgeon and head of collaboration at VetLed. After working in general practice for a number of years, Kat joined the growing team at VetLed. Keen to combine her experience in practice with a passion for optimizing clinical performance, Kat now works to develop and deliver specific industry-relevant human factors training for veterinary teams across the country, with a view to improving both clinical performance and patient safety. Kat's keen to see how he can grow and develop as a profession through learning from and collaborating with other caring yet safety-critical professions, and has a particular interest in the concept of psychological safety in the workplace and its impact on team performance. Kat strongly believes that equipping the current generation and educating the next generation of veterinary professionals in human factors is essential to continue to move forward and develop as a profession. Drawing on her experience in practice Kat understands how the characteristics that made us human can be deemed to limit our performance but with a grasp of these human factors that can be harnessed to truly enhance our performance as clinicians. Kat believes that learning how to perform best as individuals and as teams will only serve to. Strengthen the wider veterinary profession going forward. We're so excited to have Kat with us today for the podcast. Brilliant. Well, we are so excited to have you here today, Kat. We just heard your amazing bio and I've had the privilege of working with you on the VetLed Veterinary and Human Factors Conference, both this year and last year. But I realized sitting down, I don't actually know a huge amount of your story, Kat, other than me discovering the other day that you and Roo went to university together, which, wow, what what a circle to go from that to now working together and innovating together at VetLed. So I thought this was a really good opportunity for us to know a little bit more about you, Kat. So tell us, how did you end up going from being at uni together now doing that full circle, like we said, and, and working together at VetLed. Yeah, hi Katie, thanks
2: so much. Um, yes, Ru and I were at vet school together. Although I don't know what Ru would say, I don't feel like we knew each other super well, but like certainly would have kind of had a nice chat in the corridor and um, been perfectly friendly to each other. Um, yeah, I guess our whole year group was sort of split down the middle as they tend to be by alphabet for kind of practicals, and so you kind of get to know the, the people in the top half of the year or the bottom half of the year by alphabet um and so we were we were in sort of different groups that ended up not talking you know over a sort of dissecting a dog or whatever um, and um yeah and then I I guess um oh, so I suppose like going right back to me so I you know I ended up at vet school kind of having had that ch- sort of childhood dream that I would get there and I wanted to be a vet when I grew up and um I was I was thinking about this the other day with um another friend, about how we had sort of achieved those those childhood dreams, and was that was that really sad that we hadn't grown out of them, or was that actually really amazing that we'd executed that sort of dream from age seven? Um, so yeah, I, I loved vet school, I really enjoyed it, um, and um, then left and went into small animal practice, and um, really enjoyed that for for a while, and then um, had ended up having a break to have um, my three lovely children um and then at some point I think I think I was maybe actually expecting number three when um I'm, I realized that Rue lived in a very similar area to me Um I think she sort of posted something about some amazing running that she'd been doing on Facebook and so I've been following that um and realized that we were only kind of half an hour from each other and I thought oh you know there's there's someone in my year that'd be really cool let's just meet up and have a chat Find out what she's up to um and at that point I'd been sort of thinking right well what am I going to do what do I want to do um, what areas am I interested in what really matters to me and um, sort of career wise job wise what does that what's that going to look like in this kind of post kids phase of life um, and and um, just started chatting to Roo and um, and the kind of the conversation sort of grew from there I think Vetled was in its very early days and um, and it was sort of still growing and developing and changing and Ru being Ru was like oh I've got all these different ideas and like why don't you come and be part of it and this is what it could look like but it could be you know it could be anything really um in terms of what what your role would be within that um and that's just so brilliant like so it was so exciting sort of firstly re-engaging with a vet school friend but also being able to think about what you know what opportunities actually might be out there so I think we get to you get to vet school and you have those sort of career conversations at the end of vet school don't you and finally you're like there's all these doors open to you with your veterinary degree and then you're like okay so what are those doors and <laughs> what do they look like how do I open them And um, so it's really exciting kind of chatting through things with really realizing that there were loads of great interesting exciting open doors and so that's kind of how my vet led journey began really
0: And I think anyone that starts talking with you, Kat, about VetLed and what VetLed do can almost palpate the passion of how excited you are about these topics. And I'd love to hear some of your reflections now, being in the role that you're in, like you say, with this vet passport that we've got, this, this career path that you're like, oh, how this is so cool that this opportunity arose. But there must be times where you look back and reflect over those first few years in practice, knowing what you do now about the topic of human factors. I'd love to hear more on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Katie Like I think I look back to kind of um clinical work and you know, I, I absolutely love clinical work. I think it's like just it's it's so gratifying, isn't it? Like being a vet and I absolutely love it. Um but I look back to particular situations or particular kind of you know um, times with different team members and think if I knew then what I knew now about human factors and this whole like world and discipline science of human factors, I would Understand why that thing happened or why those people reacted in a particular way or why a situation kind of developed in a particular way. And I kind of think once you've got those like human factors goggles on, you can't really not see through them, whether it's in your your home life or your work life or your professional life.
0: And you know what? I love how much that you say that you loved clinical practice as well, Kat, because I think quite often when we diversify there's almost an assumption that we've moved away from clinical practice because we we didn't enjoy it which is fine for some people because some are going to move away because maybe it doesn't suit them anymore but the fact that you moved towards something that you were so even more passionate about while still looking back and having enjoyed it I think is is phenomenal and I'm going to hand over to Rue because Rue has the joy of working with you on a daily basis Kat and I know she'll have some some more questions for you around this topic as well
1: Oh, yes. Hi, Kat. It's lovely to just get a time I, to um, to hear that story again and to to kind of get an opportunity to really ask you some more questions about your experience and your journey and also the things that you're excited about going forward. And I suppose just listening to you then and when Katie mentioned about your passions, I'd love to know more about what it is that you're excited about for the future for the human factors work that you and I are doing together and yeah the things that get you excited again when you get up in the morning.
2: Yeah it's really interesting thinking about kind of human factors in the veterinary space going forwards and um, we've run a couple of conferences as as you will well know having been part of them um, because I think last last year in last February it kind of felt we talked about like being on the crest of a wave like being you know, it's about to crash into the veterinary profession and then feeling the difference between our veterinary human factors conference 2021 and 2022 there's been so much forward momentum with um bringing human factors into the veterinary space and it's something that has been in other like human health care or other safety critical professions like nuclear and oil and these things and so it's been there for a long time but for us being able to actually bring this novel concept to the veterinary world is just so exciting and when you see people get those light bulb moments of like where has this been all my life like how have I not understood this like why why did I not get this at vet school because it makes everything more understandable it makes people more understandable it makes me able to make my job better it makes me able to perform better at work and um, it's so gratifying seeing people click on that um, and so that's really what I'm really looking forward to kind of going forwards like make bring those light bulb moments to more and more people in the veterinary space and you know it's a space i'm really passionate about i love i love veterinary practice um so to be able to kind of assist people into kind of understanding themselves and their teams and their work better is uh, yeah it's really exciting isn't it
1: yeah oh and hugely rewarding um i was just wondering do you ever, ever have any moments where it feels tough or it's hard because obviously innovating or changing people's outlook mindset or giving the opportunity for people to have that option for, to see that, see things differently isn't easy. We know that um, anything that requires change can often be challenging. what do you do when things are not as straightforward as, as they might you might want them to be?
2: I think it can be really frustrating but having been in practice I kind of get the frustrations so like one thing we come come up against is like this is really great but I just don't have any time like because like it is go 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 from 8am when we're in and then all these patients coming through and then you barely sit down and then it's the end of the day and and then we're expected to make kind of these really great positive but kind of time-consuming positive changes and to our practice and how we work and the systems we work within like there's a time investment and so I think that is frustrating for people who are kind of Starting to grasp human factors, but also for us as a vet-led team, like I don't know, I'm quite bit, <laughs> excuse me, I'm quite impatient by nature, impatient, um, and so I just want to make like big changes quickly. And actually, there's been a real learning for me in that, you know, we have to embed real change slowly, carefully, um, and like make make that change sort of over time. Um, yeah, so t- time is a frustration, but also it's something I'm learning to work
0: within. <laughs> And I think just what you've shared there is something that I really love about you and is that you are real and relevant and your understanding of those barriers and what does come up in day-to-day life, because we all know we would like to make these things happen really quickly, but bringing that, that experience that you've got from knowing what it can be like in practices is phenomenal. And it's very clear that VetLed are innovating at the moment, Kat, alongside you and Rue and Dan and Helen and Nat and the rest of the team. But I'd love to know a little bit more about on a day to day basis, how VetLed are out there doing that at the moment and, and what your role entails as well.
2: Yeah, sure. So I mean, we work with um, bigger organisations. We work with smaller veterinary teams um, and that might look Um, slightly different, like some of the bigger organisations we might be supporting on huge projects um, from a human factors angle that they want to implement across their whole organisation, but then there might be smaller um, practice-based teams um, where we would work with those individuals, um, potentially on a, a particular theme that they have an interest in or a desire to Make change within, like, sort of workplace culture or civility or um, high performance or uh, well-being. Sometimes that's, you know, an in, in that people want to to start make as their starting point. And but with all of these things, we're kind of positioning it within the bigger picture of this is where that area sits within human factors as a whole, which is what helps us to kind of, you know, the hu- human factors is what helps us to deliver our clinical skills to the best of our ability as individuals and as teams. And so we would always sit any of those particular topics within the the broader context of of human factors with people we're working Mm -hmm. with. And then there are other things that we would do, such as sort of um, performing observations of a practice team. We try not to be too kind of teacherish observing. It's more like just quiet fly on the wall. He's helpful as well Um, and provide like a report back um, about the sort of non-technical side of um, how that particular team is performing. Um, and of course, our, as I've mentioned before, our, our big conference in February, um, alongside other sort of smaller um, in-person events that we've got planned um, for the year ahead.
0: Awesome. And I certainly saw how busy and how much work that the whole team had put into just the conference, let alone all of those other day-to-day things that you do in which... Uh, are fantastic, and I love the point that you just made there as well about the observations. I know that's something that Helen had brought up on the conference too of how valuable it can be just to have that that fresh pair of eyes, non-judgmentally, just coming along and observing and noticing. And I imagine that makes such a difference just having someone come and and point out something that maybe has become so normal but could be pivotal.
2: Mm, yeah, I think it takes that external person often as well because if it's someone from within the team. that works in the practice then you you don't necessarily see everything and whereas if it's somebody external they can be much more objective and much more neutral as well because you're you haven't got you know that sort of investment that maybe a senior member of the team would have if they were they were stood there watching um, and less behavioral change as well from people who are being observed.
0: Yeah, And I think we touched on already teams and I know that we anyone that's been listening to the podcast will know that the theme for series one of the Veterinary Innovation Project podcast has been high-performing teams. This was the theme, obviously, of the conference as well. And you touched on there, cat teams of varying sizes, um, varying backgrounds, varying experiences. But I'd love to hear, and you're a good person to ask this question to, what does the term high-performing teams mean to you?
2: Yeah, it's a really big question, isn't it? Um, I, I think it looks different in different contexts. And I've been thinking about this a bit recently about what, you know, what high performance really is and how that might vary for different individuals. Um, I mean, in its sort of most basic terms in kind of a a veterinary context, I guess high performance is kind of good outcomes at the end of the day. Um, Certainly good outcomes for our patients, but also good outcomes for our people um, who are are working in that context. but I was just thinking about sort of performance generally, you know, for other other professions where there's sort of maybe like you know, the classic one is sort of a high performance in sport, um and how much there's sort of there's sacrifice involved in that. So a, a sporting professional might sort of sacrifice in a different area of their life in order to really focus on a particular um a particular part of um their, their sporting performance. Um and so I guess for some, sometimes we might like want to be performing particularly highly at work, but then there might be sort of sacrifice in other areas. Um, Whereas, if we wanted to sort of perform to a particular average level, I guess um, across, um, across across all areas of our lives, then there might then it may be that we're actually satisfied with less high performance in one particular area. Um, in order to just kind of be kind of sort of suitably satisfied ourselves for taking taking those boxes.
1: No, it's good. I think um, what you're sort of talking about there is something I've been thinking a lot about in terms of trying to get the harmony between all the different areas of our lives. So in some ways, it's quite simplistic for an athlete who's so focused on that one goal that everything can all be focused on that one particular thing that they're that they're really trying to attain but for um but for us in different contexts and in very complex systems where we've got this the systems of the teams or organizations that we're in or our life systems where we're trying to balance what we're trying to achieve at work and what we're trying to achieve in our home life and in our personal life you're right that um whenever we take on one project we're we're limited with our time and energy so we can only put so much into certain things and I think when we say yes to something that usually means having to say no to something else so actually um, I guess the next question is really understanding why you feel even exploring high performing teams is relevant to veterinary practice because that's really where we start to see it. it's great I think um, Polly our keynote she really nailed it and she said it is really interesting when we look at um what um? What are the, you know, what are the All Blacks doing? What are these incredible, uh, what's this F1 team doing? That's really interesting. But actually, we have to make it relevant to the teams that we're talking to. So, yeah, Kat, what do you think about that? Why is it relevant to, to veterinary practice?
2: Yeah, you, you explained that very, way better than my rambling. So I'm really pleased that you, you stepped in there. And um, I think performance in terms of veterinary practice, we have got to look at both our clinical outcomes, which, of course, is, you know the the primary area where we're wanting to perform well, um, but I think also this is where kind of the human factors side does fit in. That we can't perform to the best of our ability as an individual or as a team if we aren't looking after the people behind the performance as well, and actually looking at the science behind people's performance. And and as a as a profession of scientists and evidence based um, professionals, we we um, it really matters it really matters that it's not just this kind of nicey nicey electric after our people thing but actually that it's it's a it's a real kind of performance science
1: absolutely and there's so much that we can learn from both looking within the profession but also looking um outside of it and and trying to see what works what can we bring in what what different um ways of approaching problems or challenges might work for us in in the veterinary context that we're talking about so I'd love to know a bit more about what were your take-homes from the conference? I mean, for me, there's just so many things, even, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now, but um, I'm still gathering thoughts, reflections, and, and thinking very carefully about how that might apply to the work that we're doing and the ongoing work within within the profession. But yeah, what were your key take-homes or things that really resonated with you?
2: Um. In terms of the conference, I mean, I was amazed at the amount of enthusiasm and um, engagement from the delegates. Um, that there was there was constant conversation in the chat um, around every single workshop and every single session. And um, so that, that I mean, one of my key takeaways, was sort of more observational, I guess, was that um, people are engaging um, with the, the non-clinical side of what being a great veterinary team is. Um, and at a new level um, which is so exciting and just you know I just I love that there are so many individuals out there in practices who are wanting to champion the cause of um, the non-technical side of being great vets and great vet nurses um, and great whole practice teams as well I think that's really important that it is the whole team and um, key take homes um, I loved our leadership session I thought that was um, amazing and um, I thought it was hugely interesting having um insight from um a dual qualified veterinary nurse and human nurse. That was just such, such unique insight from Helen Ballantyne um, from both sides of kind of the coin, if you like, from the human side and the animal side. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend that session. Um, and um, of course, I really enjoyed the keynote um, from our Olympian um, Polly Swan. So that was that was great and just a very kind of candid and honest um approach to what what like huge successes, like olympic medal winning level of um performance um but as a doctor herself how that sort of impacts on her kind of understanding of team performance in a clinical setting as well mm,
1: yeah absolutely and I, um it goes i suppose people probably don't realize how much of a um how much work you did for the Thursday sessions as well in terms of all those pre-conference sessions there was a bit of a, uh, an internal um, conversation about quite how many sessions we had planned and I suppose we could have had even more for that, that Thursday. Was there anything um, that you felt um, really struck a chord or has made you kind of think more from that day?
2: Yeah, you're being very kind about um, the Thursday session. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if people are listening along. With realize that I, I kind of planned the Thursday. Um, Ru really very kindly gave me the, the the opportunity to plan the Thursday, and then I, I went ahead and planned it about six months ahead of the conference. And then realized I had to execute it as well um, in terms of 30-odd speakers and 30-odd pre-recorded videos and all the logistics that <laughs> goes behind trying to liaise with all these amazing people. And um, so I was really chuffed with like a great program, but then actually a little bit less chuffed with the amount of work that had to go into getting everybody there. But we did it um, as a team as well. It wasn't just me. Like, it was absolutely um, everybody. And I... I, I kind of planned it in terms of we had four se- four sections to it. We had sort of a, an update of what VetLed were up to and what our plans were for the future and, and human factors generally in the veterinary profession. And then the sort of what what is going on in veterinary education with human factors and what's going on in exciting places in, in practice, like in, in at the coalface. Um, and then also what's going on in human factors research in the veterinary specific space. Um, and I just thought it was really great to have like that, sort of open that up to people who maybe hadn't come across all these different areas of human factors in the veterinary space that there is so much going on um and there are so many people kind of infusing about it and doing the research and you know getting getting the data behind all of the stuff that we talk about um specifically in our space because we've previously you know had to do a lot of translation from Humans, human healthcare side for our, our research and it's just brilliant that that is happening specifically in our own space because it's not completely um completely transferable from from even the human healthcare side and um, despite there being some obvious parallels um, so that's great and and yeah what my I, I, I mean I loved um what, sessions on um, simulations I think that's a really interesting area to explore how the, the vet schools are doing amazing work um using simulations, not just to sort of say, oh, can we do CPR on a dog that crashes in theatre? But like, what are the other factors that affect how we do CPR on a dog that crashes in theatre? Um, and that students are coming out kind of versed in these things now, like they, they have the language to talk about this sort of stuff um, with, the, with the practices that they're going to. So they're so valuable um, as new graduates coming into practice. They really They've got a lot to offer. Um, even though they're sort of in the infancy of their clinical skill set.
0: Such great reflections, Kat. And just looking at the whole conference schedule, there is so much information packed in there. Like I feel like there are going to be so many sessions that people can go back, rewatch, revisit, and probably pick up a new gem from each of them every single time. And you are able to buy conference tickets to watch the the recorded sessions, aren't you? Yeah.
2: And yeah. you can watch um you can do it. And um, the whole thing was um, recorded. And, um, and so you can watch it all on replay, I think apart from the networking sessions, because we wanted to keep those conversational and they're a little bit more technically tricky to record different breakout rooms and stuff. But yeah, oh my goodness, like if I, if I was like in practice, and saw these sessions and saw the program it's like 23 hours of CPD or something um it's like amazing content and so varied and so relevant um so yeah definitely I'm not I don't want to be salesy about it but like it's great
0: (laughs) yeah I mean As a a non-vet-led person, but someone that did jump in and and help with the conference, my mind is just absolutely blown every time that I see how much there is there, how many sessions, and how much there is for everybody, like for all members Mm -hmm. of the team too. So without us being salesy, but just so you don't miss out, if you are interested, we do have a special discount code. You can have 10% off a ticket with VIP podcast 10, that's VIP, podcast one zero and catch up on all of it because yeah the keynote for me was one of my favorite points especially with Polly being so candid and saying you know what this negative voice pops up for me too and says this even on the start line and seeing how she works around that I thought was hugely powerful and even from the point of view as a human being away from the profession too so I love that and Rue, I'd love to hear quickly your favorite re- reflection on the conference and then we can dive into our final questions for Kat because I'm looking forward to hearing your answers.
1: Oh absolutely just listening to everything Kat was saying then it's very hard to actually um, pick even a couple of moments because um, I'd like to sort of reflect on all of it but I think there was a moment where I was actually watching and um, so Dan did the kind of welcome on on the Friday and I just really, really loved how he managed so eloquently to build on um, the the everything that we talked about last year and t- transition that into this, the, you know, keep those models going of the, so everyone has a kind of build up of like, what is human practice? What are we talking about here? And then how is that relating to high performing teams? And there's this incredible image. And I'm really going to have to think about how we can get this out there where he had all these skills up and all these different things up and and he was going through them all and then there was just one which was clinical skills and he was like and apart from this one thing everything else is what we're talking about here and it really hit home to me like why the work that we're doing is so important because there are so many things that we can do that will help us to implement those clinical skills in the way that we want to, in the way that um, gives us the best chance of, of getting what we want to do done. And I just thought that moment, I was like, yeah, there's so much here. And I really, really hope that more and more people start to um, see that and that we can help people um, kind of start to really access that and really then apply that in a way that that works really well for them. So my little mission is to figure out how I can get that image in a way um, that people can really sort of start to understand and really kind of unpick.
0: I definitely remember that one. I feel like it illustrated it so well. Of you just seeing the magnitude of what was being covered and what a knock on effect that it had? And coming back to Kat, your point of the difference between the two conferences, being involved with both of them, there was such a palpable difference between like the motion that had been collected between the, the first one and the second one and the enthusiasm that we had in those networking rooms as someone that runs a lot of networking sessions quite often you'll get to a point where conversation has dried up a little bit or people are maybe dropping off but actually by the end of those sessions we have more people than we did at the beginning and people were moving around the rooms and coming out and saying what fantastic chats they'd had and how they were going to connect further after that and I think quite often that creates a ripple effect that i don't don't even think VetLed will be able to comprehend of what will go out from that so I think first of all a massive well done to all of you because that conference was phenomenal but secondly the difference it will make in all those areas like you just talked about Rue, that diagram that just showed so nicely that this is the bit we've maybe looked at up until now and this is the stuff that we're going to cover in this conference and yeah just a huge well done and whilst I could go on all day about how brilliant I think you, Kat, and the vet-led team are, I feel like we should probably get to our final questions. And these are ones that we always love to ask all of our guests and really dive into their answers. So the first one we've got to finish in a word or a sentence, Kat, is I wish I could go back and tell myself.
2: Oh, yeah, I- yeah I like listening to other people's answers on these questions I'm not sure I really like answering them myself because I feel I, I feel like you know you get judged on the like half of a sentence <laughs> here you are and what you wish um but I have yeah yeah I have had a, a, a think and and it is interesting hearing what people say for these things and um, I wish I could go back and tell myself it's a tricky one because I think I look for, yeah I I think you kind of you make your decisions don't you and then you run with them and and then you can maybe wish more going forward um but I I do wish I could slightly go back and tell myself like not to work quite so hard for my GCSEs because they really are the first stage (laughs) in a long journey um and that you'll probably be okay with like slightly less good grades and you could have like just enjoy life a little bit more when you're 16 (laughs) um I think, yeah, no, so I, I yeah, that's that's sort of one of my like little little wishes. I wish I could go back and tell myself that um and just in so many phases of life that you know it's all gonna be okay, like it will all work out, probably just fine, and if it doesn't work out fine, then you'll learn something from where it doesn't work fine, um so, yeah, maybe I could just keep telling myself that going forwards um for the next thirty five years plus
0: <laughs> oh. I I love that cat because actually I think there's so much even from going back to a 16 year old that you can extrapolate from that like you've said sometimes we put so much of our energy into not overperform but we forget about all the other areas of life as well don't we and we've had a few people that have said in the answer it'll be okay and i think there's such calmness around that isn't there you know it's it's going to be okay might not be right now but it's all going to be okay brilliant answer and second one is I am happiest when I am absolutely happiest
2: when I am outside and it's sunny and cold I really like being outdoors when it's crisp and cold and sunny I also love being with people I've (laughs) I've realized this more and more over the years that I really thrive off like being around people um, and I think that's also why I really love practice because you know you're in a consult room like every 10 minutes you've got a new person which is you know kind of feeds that um so that's great and I, I just love different types of people and um the diversity of people as well so I think that's great and that's actually something that's lovely with better because you get exposed to so many different people and different views and mindsets and all of that so
0: so that's cool yeah I'm happiest when I'm outside or when I'm with people or both that would be even better oh I I totally hear you on that nice crisp morning where it's cold but also slightly warm from the sun and I feel like that time is just coming back up again now isn't it
2: I know I definitely did a school run this morning
0: in that exact
2: weather so that's maybe why I'm doing like that yeah it's nice
0: brilliant and that diversity of people piece as well Absolutely. I think we take that for granted sometimes in practice, don't we? If we are a person that does thrive off that, how much variety there is of seeing new people and new stories and new backgrounds and everything that's gone on for them. And that's constant. So I I love that being part of Vetled, you're able to go into so many teams and see so many different people and take innovations to them as well. And then we've got, which off the back of that nicely goes to, I'm most innovative and creative when...
2: Yeah, this is a really tricky one for me because I don't like to kind of I, I don't know, it's not good to box yourself, is it? But in my mind, I'm really not that creative. <laughs> um I think I, I can see Ru's eyebrows going up, <laughs> but I'm gonna, I,
1: I'm gonna challenge that, Kat. Yeah, you can
2: challenge <laughs> that, that's fine. Um I mean if I really answer that for me, I, I think I am most creative when I'm making birthday cakes. <laughs> it's my one like artistic outlet, which I can do a reasonably good job of. Um but I guess where the creative is maybe not just the same as artistic is it I'm thinking on my feet here um, it, I mean innovative is is I think probably the the real answer to that and it's going to sound a bit cliche but I do think I'm probably most innovative with doing work with VetLed because what we are doing is something quite new and different and novel um, and bringing something really new to the veterinary profession um, so so that's exciting that's really great to be part of something that's kind of quite quite new to the whole the whole veterinary world um but yeah birthday cakes that's my uh <laughs> that's my creative outlet I'll kind of <laughs> follow that one up
0: birthday cakes and vet led I feel like that's a perfect combination right there to be honest um and then finally we've got I wish oh I wish
2: I mean this is going to really set this in in particular time my my instant response to this was like I wish the war in Ukraine would just finish right now and I know that's going to set this podcast in a particular moment um, but that is my kind of today wish um, and yeah it just feels a little bit unsettled doesn't it at the moment in, in Europe and a bit place to home um, so yeah I wish that would happen um, yeah I think that's my wish for today.
1: That's a, It's a beautiful wish and you're right although it sets us in time it's a that's what's relevant to you right now so um thank you for sharing that and being so open and honest because throughout just listening to you with everything you've said um, today, I love, one of the reasons I love working with you so much is how amazing you are, your mindset, and how much you you work so well with everybody in in all sorts of different teams and in sorts of different ways, but particularly your openness to your full human self, which is wonderful and I think really relatable, and I feel like, I hope that, I'm sure, So many people will get so much from from you today and will be able to learn so much from you today and going forward. So thank you so much for everything you do, but also for particularly for your time today.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's really kind of you. Yeah, it's been really good to chat. And yeah, I I love it. I love it. I love the work that we do. I love the um, opportunities that we've got and um, yeah, working with loads of great people. So that's cool.
0: Thank you, Kat. That was amazing. And just before we go into our dissection of that episode with Cap, I wanted to say a huge thank you to our sponsors for series one of the Veterinary Innovation Project podcast. And that is a thanks to Boehringer Ingelheim, who not only were the headline sponsor of the Veterinary Human Factors Conference in 2022, but also supported series one of this podcast, even before we'd ever launched a single episode they were behind us. Now, each time we've recorded with a new guest, I have let them listen, told them about who we're going to be speaking to, and they have sent back such a considered response with resources, with signposting, with podcasts, books, people to go and listen to, TED Talks, and I think that's a real credit to them as an organization as well. So just checking in to say a huge thank you. Please do go and check out Boehringer Ingelheim and all the incredible things they are doing within our profession, including supporting this podcast. So thank you so much, Boehringer. I always love working with Kat, listening to Kat, hearing Kat's reflections, and actually from this episode, hearing a bit more about her story. And I never realized that's how both of you met, Rue. And this is a section of the podcast where we talk more about reflecting, what we're going to take from that, what we're going to take moving forward. We reflected a bit on the conference already in the midst of that. But I'd love to hear your reflections, first of all, Rue, being someone that works with Kat and actually having that space to hear a, a little bit more about her in between.
1: Yeah, just thinking, it, I think I alluded to it already, but I really do have to say how much working with Kat is an absolute joy, and I do find that um, one of the reasons I love the work we do at Belled is you can apply it to everything, like it do, it applies to all life in so many ways. So there was some real work that we did around high-performing teams as we were developing the conference that was also really thinking how can we make sure that our own team is as high-performing as possible and so we were able to put a lot of the the elements that we were learning about into context within the team that that we work on a day-to-day basis Um, and I really as part of reflecting on that just reflected on how fortunate we are with the team that we work in but also the people and the individuals that we have the opportunity so and um, as I, one of my biggest reflections was just what yeah what a um, what a joy and honor it is to work alongside Kat because she really really brings so much to our team and also so much passion enthusiasm and and um, willingness to to continue to learn and to bring something new that is it's difficult to bring change to a different space where you know not everybody wants to see things differently so that can be challenging at times and her constant enthusiasm is just you know it's just infectious and it really um makes work enjoyable and so there was that but also just reflecting on some of the uh, the answers to some of her questions I think it really starts to show the complexity of some of these topics and it, it would be really easy sometimes to um think that there's just one really quick answer that we just haven't figured out yet that we just don't know yet, particularly when we're talking about um, human factors or performance science, that there's just one sentence that we haven't grasped yet. But actually, what we start to see is the more we understand things, the more complex they are. And actually, you can't um, answer a question in a really quick way. Sometimes the, the, the more we're learning all the time, there's always more we can understand. So you you sometimes see as people are kind of are delving into these topics more and more that actually ask more. You get more and more questions come up. So I, I love sort of seeing people process the questions and really think on the spot sometimes. So it's challenging, you know, to to really understand um, and really think about how they really make this, this um, into a context that we can all understand and apply. So um, yeah, for me, just so many things that, that I can um, reflect on from that. How about you?
0: I think, again, similar to you, Reed, there's so much to reflect on there. I think partly from a more personal perspective, everything that you've talked about just there with being a part of VetLed and working alongside them you guys absolutely do walk your talk I've seen in the background of organizing that conference doing the tech side of that that if something doesn't go to plan there is a real learning from everything perspective to it it's not just something that you say on face value and then at an actual corporation company level that things are done differently and I realize that's not a reflection on the podcast as such but that's a nice reflection maybe for people to hear because I've come and helped on these conferences and every time I feel like I'll fit so nicely into a team that is so welcoming, so enthusiastic, so kind, so compassionate and do actually align with what they say are their values, which is huge. I think the second thing that I'd reflect on there as well is just what you've said there the complexity of everything that we're talking about here and i think i probably came into it quite naively at the first conference thinking oh yeah this is the topic that it's about and then actually sat and listened to some of the sessions and thought there's a lot more to this than i initially realized and but finally my reflection will be sometimes just to sit and to think and to bear in mind the complexity of the things that we're talking about as well because it can seem like it should be really straightforward and it should be something that could change like in a second and we'll take, um, oh, we can just put this, this and this in. But when you realize how much more there is to it, that just backs up why these changes do take time, but also why they're worthwhile, because it's not just that one thing that's going to change with it. So that'd be my, my biggest reflection, I think, as well. And. I just can't wait for us to um, get this episode out there for people to hear it. Please do drop us a review, drop us a testimonial, share it. Let us know your answers. Because when you sat there in the seat of being the podcast guest, having to answer that, I wish I could go back and tell myself I wish and all these things that we do ask, then it's really interesting to give yourself the space to do that. So please do share with us what your answers would be. We'd love to hear them. We'd love to hear what you think to the episode. And we can't wait to see you on the next episode. So take care, everyone.